Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show where we talk about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined by my awesome co-hosts, Nate Heininger. How are you doing, Nate? I don't know, man. You finally convinced us to play a dating sim, <laughs> and and this is the one that we do. This uh, is not my fault. I don't know what you. <laughs> I don't know what you wanted from me from this, um, but here we are. Here we are. I'd, here also is my other co-host, Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura? I don't know whether or not I should be worried about myself that I'm apparently not as uh, messed up over this game as Nate apparently is. <laughs> it's a little worried about my sanity, but uh, I'm good otherwise. It's fine. I just, you know, Reagan's been hounding us pretty much since I met him. Before we even had the podcast, all he talks about is dating this is slander. This is this is slander, and I will not have it on my podcast. You know, Nate, you got to get in the dating sim game. You know, you got it. And we, so I finally, you know, I have nothing against the genre. It's just not, you know, what I look for in games. Finally, acquiesce, and I play at the behest in of Reagan's Reagan. defense, most of the dating sims that he was asking us to play were like, date this cute dog. <laughs> sure. However you want to spin it. And we finally play this one. And uh, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad I played it. I'm glad we're here. But whew, is this what they're all like? Is this what dating sims do? <laughs> Interestingly enough, yes. No. Uh, so we, this week we're talking about uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. And this is a – so I originally wasn't planning on covering this on the show. Um, I played it just, you know, because it was, it got a lot of buzz around, uh, like November, I think when it came out and, uh, it, it is a fascinating game and very unusual and we'll get into why in a few minutes and it had a lot of buzz. Uh, it's a free game on steam and it's out on itch.io as well. And I read a, a few pieces about it that hinted darkly that there's more to this game than meets the eye. Um, but uh, I wasn't originally planning it on, on doing it for the show, but we have had tons of people request that we talk about it on the short game. And so, I mean, uh, happy to do it, but, uh, you know, bear with us. This isn't really our normal uh, normal wheelhouse. Yeah, um, sometimes you finish a game and you say, you think, I don't know what to say about that experience. And I think that's part of what this game is going for. So if throughout this we have moments of, uh, I don't know what to say about this game, I think that's part of its intention um, and makes it difficult to have sort of our freeform conversation that we normally do. I mean, it. it's a it's a really interesting game. And, and we'll talk about the uh, the you know sort of details of how it how surprising it is once we get past the spoiler break. Uh, but I'll say right off the top that this game, we're going to have a very early, very hard and fast spoiler break. So this episode, I mean, it's been months since this came out and it's a free game. Uh, if this is a game that appeals to you, um, then there's a good chance you've already played it. Welcome to the show. If not, I would recommend playing this game before listening to really anything that we have to say about it. And if you're unsure whether or not this game is right for you, Listen to this sentence, and this is the Steam description. The Literature Club is full of cute girls. Will you write the way into their heart? This game is not suitable for children or those who are easily disturbed. Spoiler break, <laughs> basically. What I love about this is that the game's marketing materials, the Steam page, the page on itch.io, the game's web page, everything... The first that the screen game, after the title. Right. Everything that the game tells you about itself... Uh, 
is a 100% straight up uh, moe uh, anime dating sim. And a pretty cliche one at that, like it, it, it's, it looks at least reasonably polished, probably more so than a lot of these that I, that I've seen. Um, it's not the, a genre that I spend a lot of time digging through games in or whatever, <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it, this mm-hmm. looks like a very polished, very okay, uh, Moe anime dating sim. But the only hint that the game gives you that there's more to it than that is that sort of content warning. Uh, this game is not suitable for children or those who are easily disturbed. And seeing that on the title screen of Doki Doki Literature Club is is undoubtedly a very intriguing thing. Like I I I was like, okay, I can't wait to see what this game wants to to throw at me, what it's going to be doing. And it, it takes a while before it decides to to like pull that curtain back. It's funny. It's like a splash screen of like four, you know, clearly like teenage girls. And it's like, this is disturbing content. You're just like, oh, God, what am yeah, I getting myself? Like, oh, yeah. oh, no. What, Reagan, what have you convinced me to play? Uh, Reagan and your horde of bots who have been <laughs> fake writing into us to convince us to play this game. So uh, if you don't know anything else about this and you're still on the fence about about deciding whether or not to to play this game, um, a, a few other things that I think would be, be worth saying. Um, the game masquerades essentially as a uh, a uh, moe anime dating sim, but at its core, I think it's more of a um, psychological horror uh, game. Um, so, if that's a genre that you are very interested in, then I think this would definitely be something that you should check out. Um, and if you're worried about what type of disturbing content is in the game. There are content warnings available for the game you can check out beforehand um, mm, because point. there's different ty- you know different people have different issues with different things and uh, easily disturbed is a huge net to throw out. Yeah, this so. game begs for like content warnings, trigger warnings, etc. If that's the sort of thing that you want to know about before playing a game with rather extreme content. Um, then take the time to look that stuff up for yourself before deciding whether or not to play this game. Uh, I think the game probably is somewhat better uh, without spoilers. And if you're the sort of person who's very sensitive to spoilers, um, then you probably already know for yourself whether you're likely to be disturbed by content in a video game. But if you are the sort of person who uh, wants to avoid certain types of graphic imagery or or if you're the type of person who looks up every jump scare before they see the horror movie maybe look it up yeah and this also complete or continues our fantastic trend of not having horror psychological games to play around halloween but seeming to find plenty of them around like valentine's day and (laughs) you know in february and march god we play a nice cute dating sim for february and unfortunately it's this. So yeah. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Hope your month is going great. Last year, we did Oxen Free. We are just terrible. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We we did uh, Until Dawn. Uh, yeah, we also, did Until uh, Dawn oh, in February as <laughs> well. Hard. And just then we get to October. Yeah, we get to October and we're like, man, if only we had like a scary game to play. <laughs> like, we, we, just, we just continues the run of being bad at scheduling, basically. Yeah. So, um, 
before we go to our spoiler break, should we just talk a little bit about sort of what personal baggage we're bringing with us to this experience? Like what our experience is with dating Sims and anime and the other stuff that, that this game uh, sort of wears on its sleeve. Not that kind of baggage. <laughs> dating sim baggage. Uh, sure. I I, I uh, have not played really any dating sims before this. It's not a uh, a genre that I'm particularly uh, that I've been drawn to before. Uh, though I, <laughs> it does remind me of when I was like 14 or like 13. I stayed the night at my friend's house, and we found on. Um, I don't know, like new grounds or even like pre new grounds, a bunch of these like silly dating games that always ended really, really, really raunchy. And that's about the extent of my experience with dating Sims. And so when I saw this game, I'm like, it's a bunch of like teenage girls and it says terrible, you know, disturbing imagery. I'm like, Oh God, what am I getting myself into? Um, and that's the extent of my dating simulator uh, experience. So uh, this was a, uh, a whole new world for me. I was put in a really odd place to play this game because the day before I started it, I saw the documentary Tokyo Idols. It's on Netflix, um, but I saw it at a film center, which is an entire movie about like the, the idol culture in Japan and all these 50-year-old male fans of like 16-year-old girls <laughs> and all the like otaku sexualization of young ladies it's wonderful, but it was a really weird place to then play this game. Um, other than that, most of my dating sims have been about animals, and most of my anime has been stuff <laughs> like Yuri on Ice, where it's like, oh, look at the cute guys. I want them to kiss and skate. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I doesn't surprise anybody. I'm sure the listeners are a lot like, oh, yeah, Laura really likes the type of anime where they talk about how big boobs are. Um, I'm not offended by it. It's just kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Um I, there's just not much there for me. Um, sometimes, I, yeah, I'd rather have the, you know, I, I don't need squeaky clean stuff, but it just sometimes is like, I wish I could fast forward through that kind of thing, which makes a lot of dating Sims that I would otherwise be really into just like, it's just so not written for me that you could tell they don't care about me that you just kind of want to hit fast forward and you uh-huh. can't fast forward through a dating Sim cause it's all writing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I haven't played a ton of them. Um, when they're, uh, I, I, again, ain't nothing wrong with the male gaze. It just doesn't mean I should play it. <laughs> yeah. I don't like wheel this out very often, but I probably <laughs> am the biggest like weeb on the show. Uh, you know, I, I like anime. I don't, uh, I don't make that like a core part of my, uh, of my public or private personas. And it's not something that I like talk about very much listeners he is currently wearing he's currently wearing a freedom planet t-shirt hey freedom planet uh, is very good all right that <laughs> hey, game was great again animals are great yeah <laughs> i love freedom planet it's yeah. just it's we haven't we haven't we haven't dipped into the freedom planet joke well for a long time and here you are wearing uh so the, so my the, point the being t-shirt. that i'm i'm fully versed in the uh in the clichés and tropes that this game is playing with you know i've i've watched the uh you know i've watched my my fair share of harem anime which is what they call the sort of subgenre of like one weird dude surrounded inexplicably by a, a by a ton of hot girls who are all uh inexplicably in love with him and fighting over the him mary sue 
anime, basically. Right, yeah. Not my favorite genre. I find that stuff pretty boring, but, uh, you know, I'm certainly familiar with the genre. And in terms of uh, dating sims, like, I'm not really, like, a huge fan of dating sims proper, but I do love when dating sim elements find their ways into other games. So I love any game that has a romance story to it, even if it's not one that plays out in a visual novel style. Look at things like, I don't know, even things like like Life is Strange. Like, I, I um, uh, that kind of stuff really works for me, and I seek out games that have some level of romance in them just because I find that really, like... I don't, I like sure. that. It helps me connect with the characters. I like to give you shit for, but I think that's fine too. I think, you know, I also like an element of romance in a video game. Um, yeah. I think most people do. I think it's a, it's a, uh, a human connection. And- I mean, nobody calls mass effect a dating sim, but it yeah, is. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's dating sim element. That's something that's really interesting about dating sims as a genre. Is it like, it's something that the ideas that the, the core ideas of dating sims have filtered their way into tons of other games but it it's funny in the u.s at least we really only see or play dating sims that are either like dating sim elements in a larger game that is something else or games that are uh subverting or kind of making fun of uh or parodying the dating sim genre i mean look at we did an episode on uh hotful uh hotful boyfriend bird week yes <laughs> and um uh, the, i i hate missing episodes but i the one that like pains me the most is missing the bird focused episode because it's just so stupid and perfect we could do another one of those anytime <laughs> for some reason birds are just a thing in video games we could do another bird week anytime um but like, yeah, anyway, like I, I think dating sims as a genre are uh, mostly not that interesting. Um, but uh, like I have I also in terms of like visual novels, uh, I've I've played a few. Um, you know, I, I was a, a big fan of the um, Danganronpa games. So like anyway, I, I'm coming to this understanding the genre uh, but you know, not, not, not usually thinking that this style of game was for me, yeah. but knowing that there was a kind of a twist to this, that it wasn't what it on first glance appears to be. Uh, I was interested in checking it out and I guess here we are. I think of dating Sims as a combination of that kind of resource management and a interactive fiction because mm-hmm. so much of it is balancing how much you're wooing different people. It's very much a like, counter e-game where you're trying to mm-hmm. level up certain parts of the game or you know get to certain levels you can hook up with people so i actually really like that type of game I just sometimes i get stuck on the narrative not being as good as i want it to be yeah i i've gotten really into it when it is an element of the game like uh you know one of my favorite series uh, of all time is the Harvest Moon series. And you could argue that that is a, a dating simulator with a farming, you know, element to it, depending on what you decide to like focus on the game. Cause I, I know I get almost get like, okay, I got to get all my crops so I can get an egg and bring it to the shopkeep. <laughs> so I can like get her heart from, you know, red <laughs> from blue to red or whatever. Like it ended up being a really important part of the game to me. So I've gotten into the dating element of like the romance element of games many many times and i think that that is a fun part i've just almost never played a game that is like dating is or romance or whatever is the game and it is all that you're like striving to do and that's not really what doki doki even is necessarily doing it's it's 
a little more complex and your character, what it's trying to accomplish is a little different, but it's still a genre that I have almost no experience in the, in like the pure dating sim. Yeah. Other than a really weird night when I was like 14. (laughs) (laughs) So all that understood, uh, we're uh, going to be discussing the details of this game, a game that is very much based on surprising you. So uh, we're about to have a spoiler break. If you haven't played the game, I'd strongly recommend going and checking it out. How long did this game take you guys to play? You need to play it several times. So although the pace you might think is like 30 to 45 minutes for your first playthrough, the game is not complete until you've played it several times, unlike other. So I'd say save a couple hours. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think for me going through, I think I hit all of the endings but one. There's one sort of quite difficult to get ending, and mm-hmm. I did not get that one. But I got all of the endings but one, and I'm pretty sure I played for less than four hours. Yeah, I think three and a half got me through. Mm-hmm. So uh, this game is available for free, which is really something. Uh, and it's available on Steam and itch.io, and you can play it on Windows or Mac. Um, so we'll have links to the game in the show notes. Uh, so, but I'm sure if you, you know, search for it, Doki Doki Literature Club, it'll be the very first result. Uh, go check it out. And, uh, here it is your spoiler break. You know, I really should start collecting all the times when Nate does that and just like make a techno song that's just <laughs> Nate pretending to do the spoiler break in all 160 episodes. I would love that. Yeah, and, and also at the end, because it, every time it ends, like either Nate or I go, da 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 the end of almost every episode. Yep. Can, can you imagine thousands of da 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 das all at once? You just layer them on top of each other, see if we're in the same key. Um. <laughs> da, 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 da. There's another one for you. Okay. All right. So I didn't know at anything about this game, and the I was I had a ton of different things going through my head. What the graphic depiction, like what the graphic element of it was going to be. Oh, and I was I, sure I, I would, it was going to be rape. Oh, oh, I thought it. So I I'm so glad it that it dragons. wasn't. Yeah, I thought it was going to be dragons or like, <laughs> Nate. I want to live wait, in your wait, world. Wait, dra- Nate, <laughs> Nate. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> disturbing dragons I, so i went through a lot of different versions oh. of what I, so part of me was like oh there it's actually nothing and they're tricking <laughs> and, and they're tricking us that would be an incredible troll all of the reviewers are in on it it would be so good if they just put like a straight up dating sim and it was like nothing but cute oh if what if all yeah. the warnings are just the subtle misogyny of the dating sim is actually what's disturbing? <laughs> like, like the vague boob brushes are what actually the disturbing warnings. And it's like, think about yourself. Think the real about disturbing it. was the uh, the molestation we made along the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's really it, I, the well, unwanted so I touching. Thought, I remember the truly horrifying moment when the screen dimmed and I saw my own reflection. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, and then I was like, uh, I don't know. I thought like, I just like disturbing image. It was, it played it so straight. I kept waiting for like the twist into the absurd, you know? And that's a, like, I was waiting for something to happen that would blow the whole thing up and it would become like, like wild anime something. I, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect, but 
It had to be I, something, I, or like some people wouldn't have told us to play it. Yeah, I don't know. I had no expectations. I knew people wanted us to play it, but I like. I, I sat down not. to play this because uh, Gita Jackson, uh, who writes for Kotaku among oh. other places, wrote a, a, like a piece about it. Not a super long one, but like a little uh, article over there titled "Doki Doki Literature Club Scared Me Shitless," and so I was like, "What?" Um, okay. The big header image is this very cute anime girl. And so, you know, I I read her review of it, which was very non-spoilery, but did explain that this is a game that, uh, uh, starts with this, uh, very cliche, tropey, uh, visual novel anime thing. And very slowly but surely veers off into psychological horror and, uh, and very dark themes, uh, including a bunch of jump scares but also uh what she really stressed was that this is a game that that doesn't just scare you with jump scares this is a game that scares you with like a real feeling of dread and dark shit happening to cute characters um but i didn't know what else much to uh, uh, to expect out of it uh, apart from that um but you know what was really strange about my experience with the game like i sat down to play this i was it was one of it was a day off i guess it was probably a sunday um you know, early morning, nothing much else to do. Uh, sat there with a cup of coffee and decided to boot up Doki Doki Literature Club on my laptop, uh, sitting there in my robe. And uh, mm, no, don't that <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, the, why? You just kept. <laughs> you just kept going. <laughs> yep, and uh, uh, chest hair, you know, poking out yeah, the top. Exactly. It was, it was I'm hoping you're all uh, visualizing this really well. And uh, so. I I don't like to admit this about about this because like this game like it's tropes that I see through a hundred percent. But you know I I started playing the game and I thought the characters were cute, and I was like, mm, I mean you know this the writing's not amazing, but it's it's okay. Um, it's you know very it's tropey as hell, but wow, this is like you know it's it's not that bad. Uh, I was like I'm okay. I'm and so I, the game takes a long time before it hits that darkness it really starts to try to get you comfortable in yeah this in this sort of very cliched tropey thing and that part like i'm not going to say that it worked for me but it achieved its goal of like lulling me into a false sense of security even though like i had some foreknowledge that there was something kind of dark here um that beginning part is like long enough and is like a pitch perfect uh, I don't even want to call it a parody, uh, but it's like it's like a pitch perfect imitation of that sort of tropey anime story. Like it, I, I by the time I got to the dark stuff, I kind of forgot that, that that was coming. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? Because I I think it is interesting how they they handle that. Um, you know, not playing many dating sims, but still understanding sort of like the tropes of them, you know, you're playing a character, you get to name them. It's whoever you want. I made the mistake. It says, what's your name? So I put my name in never doing Bad that move. again Bad in, a, move. <laughs> in a dating sim. Um, I put my name in. I was a hot boy named Sabrina. Cause I thought I could choose my gender. <laughs> and, came and I was wrong. That's kind of a bummer actually. Uh, yeah. They, they just kept talking about how hot this boy Sabrina was. And I was like, well, yeah, Sabrina's super sure. hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you play as Sabrina, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. at, you know, and it starts, you're going to like the bus stop 
And, oh, that annoying girl that you grew up with who you wouldn't normally be friends, like, immediately taking this sort of, like, holier than thou, like, I am the smart one and the uh, the smartest, you know, human in the world and I see things clearly and no one else sees things as clearly as I do, sort of, like, you know, young man and it it felt very it felt very like um an, well i mean obviously it's very anime but it felt very like i am generic anime main character um i am a nerd and into you know i don't read books books mm-hmm. are for girls i'm into games and anime and, and, yeah. and yet all of them are like a boy has fl- graced us with their presence that's <laughs> well, it's like a lot yeah, it's like logic dictates my uh, decision making, and I am uh, capable of handling myself in any moment. And it is mm. these dumb girls who cannot contain themselves around me. Ah, I will be the one who answers this question. I'll give the it's protagonist like- slightly more credit than that. Like he's <laughs> he's got a. You know, I, I didn't like a hundred percent buy into any of this stuff because it's you know there's it's a, it's a thin. Uh, thin stuff to go on, but I think by definition, like that's what this 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 style is. It's, this is mm-hmm. not a failing of the game. It's just that these are thin characters, but they're tropes that are like these are the anime girl tropes. You've got the you know Sayori, the main uh, sort of um, you know, your your childhood friend love interest. That is like such a trope. Like oh, we've been friends since childhood, so we could never yeah. like each other like that. Um, and she's also the sort of like uh, uh, clumsy but sweet, genuine character. This is like this is anime in in bright lights. Um, mm-hmm. And on the other characters, she's she's re- recruiting you to her after school club. Another very anime thing. I mean, yes, this is a thing. Presumably, as far as I know, from actual Japanese high schools, but um, like half of all anime is about like clubs and club drama it seems like so yeah and i just want to throw in real quick i i was making fun of the main character but it's i, I do believe it's all purposeful mm-hmm. i don't think that the the writers are like this is a character that is real and serious and and like deserving of our like respect i think it's purposeful yeah. that he's this like you know whole like smarter than everyone lot you know sort of logic i, I saw that the developer uh in an interview uh, someplace, and I can't find it at the moment, but the the developer was talking about how this game was sort of born out of a love-hate relationship that he has with anime, which, like, mm-hmm. reads. This is – yeah. you can tell that this is – this is a game made by a true anime expert who also sort of sees through the bullshit of anime. Mm-hmm. You know – it reminds me of the fan fiction I'd read that was like parodies of people writing about bad fan fiction. Like that's hmm. what this reminded me of more than anything. I'm not saying that this is bad writing, but it's just the fact that you can make a super trope dense piece of writing only if you are an expert in the field and kind of ambivalent about it. Yeah. And, you, and it reads perfectly. Yeah. So. And, and so just to lay out the characters, there are four dateable girls. Uh, and this is like, this is, you know, this is box copy for a, uh, for a, um, uh, yeah. for a game like this, you know, you want to know, okay, how many girls can I date? You can date four girls. Oh. Um, so there are four dateable girls in the literature club. Uh, there's Sayori, your, your, your friend we mentioned. There's Monica, the, uh, unapproachable too good for you girl who's inexplicably very nice to you but she's friendly and tall and beautiful and athletic and perfect etc 
And and the president. Oh, and the president mm-hmm. of the Literature Club, of course. She's in power. She started the Literature Club, mm-hmm. yeah, because she she was just so fed up with the politics of the other club. She decided yeah, to start her sucks. own club. Boo. Yeah, this is she. She thought it would be better if she just made her own club. God bless her. And uh, the other two are also the anime tropes. There's the uh, the dark haired beauty. Uh, what's her name? Yuri. 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 Yuri Who is, I was dating mostly. Oh. I mean, you know, I was mostly interested in her too. Um, you know, if we're talking oh, about we all who, we're, for who we're same, dating. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, well, wow. dude, if you think that something's gonna go wrong in a dating sim, you want the gothic scary girl who likes <laughs> she, horror to be on your side. Because like she's gonna know. I thought this was gonna go like dark, like the ring style so i was like i gotta get this goth girl because she's gonna protect me from the evil yeah didn't work out that way <laughs> not so much exactly yeah and, and the uh the yeah. third the fourth and final uh girl is uh oh geez what's her name sorry i don't have it in front of natsuki me. natsuki natsuki is the uh you know she's she's little she's the sort of napoleon complex girl uh you know tough but small and also she bakes they mentioned a few times that she's flat Ah, yes. And All of their very boobs important character trait. are... Their yeah. boobs are important character traits. As, as you'd expect. I can bring this up and you two can't. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Laura. Uh, there, there was there was a part of the thing with Yuri, too, is I, I kept having this sense that, like, I knew something tragic was going to happen, and, and that's part of what they're going for. I was like, ooh, maybe it's like a school shooting thing. That was a part of my thought, too, is like dragons or So American. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, just that was in the back of my head, too. So I'm like, oh, I got to make everyone happy because I don't want anyone to, I don't know. That was just running in the back of my head. So I guess where did, where? well, I mean, this progresses in exactly the way that you expect a, a dating sim to. I guess the one thing that it did that I thought was clever just from a dating sim side before we got into anything creepy was the mechanic of creating poems to impress the various girls. Um, so just to sort of explain, the, the game initially is on this cycle of days. You'd go into school, you'd have a meeting with the uh, with the literature club, and then at night uh, you'll write a poem to present at the next meeting of the literature club. Uh, and so it has a kind of a, I thought, kind of a good mechanic, like a kind of a good idea for how that would work. Um, you know, it, it gives you a list of words, and the words are all different sort of themes. So some of them will be things like, Fun, cotton candy, uh, bright, uh, and then others will be like depression or vibrant or lust or. It seemed to be either words that were like about. Um, there would be like dark toned sort of like words of, um, I don't know, the sort of like goth esque words would be for Yuri, <laughs> and then you'd have the like bubblegum, you know, sort of fun words, and that'd be for Natsuki. And then the words about, like, experiencing life, that would be for Sayori. Yeah. Um, and every time you pick one of the words, there's these, those little, the uh, little, like, Very paper Very cute little chibi versions of, of the characters. Yeah, with, like, jump when you picked a word that they like. Yeah. So I actually, like, just from a straight-up dating sim aspect i thought that was a clever idea uh i liked the idea of like creating a poem to present at the class and that by creating that poem you're trying to like influence the different girls to like you more 
Um, and then every time when you get back to the, the club, uh, there'd be a scene where you, in any order, could pick one, each of the four girls to share your poem with them and then read their poem. Um, and this was probably the first place the game started vaguely hinting that not all was as it seemed to be, or not all is like right in these characters lives and experiences. Like, um, some of the poems are very cute. Sayori's very first poem is like about breakfast. And she's like, I love making breakfast. The sun is bright. Everything's delicious pancakes, you know? Um, but some of the other characters poems, even right from the beginning are like interesting and kind of not, not exactly dark, but like kind of off the stuff that if I had written in like elementary or middle school, like I would have been called into the psychiatric office and been like, girl, what's going on? <laughs> Cause that seriously happened in middle school. I remember several people during poetry class getting called out. Um, oh man. That's a minefield themes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I actually really, um, I really enjoyed this part of the game. Um, I thought it was, and this is where I started to, it was during this like phase of the game where I started to think like, Oh, there is nothing actually graphic about this game. It's like, they were setting me up, but it's actually a really good discussion about poetry and, and the, (laughs) and the, uh, and the like importance of, of the language that you use because like Natsuki, uh, thinks that simple and understandable language is the best way to get across uh, feelings. And then Yuri thinks that like, no, you need to use the expanse of the written word to get across. Like, that's why we have such a deep vocabulary. It's what we, 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 that's the best way to get across language Yeah, and, and and feelings. And I was like, that's a really, that's a legitimate argument in, Mm -hmm. uh, in both poetry and novel writing. Like that is something that is a constant discussion within, you know, writing circles. Like, like who are you trying to write for and what are you trying to accomplish with your writing and how accessible is it? And, and what does that mean to your viewer? And I, and I was like, Oh, this is a good little, like, They've somehow managed to like weave this very legitimate literature discussion into like a a silly dating sim, and I'm like, maybe that's what this whole game actually is. Yeah, and, it and definitely like, started pulling me in with that too. I, I I actually thought that those scenes were pretty good, and the poems themselves were also. I mean, you know, they were they're above average for your average like high school kid poem. Yeah. Um, and this is, they're also where like you first start seeing like hints that the characters have a personality to them. That isn't just the trope that you see on the surface, uh, kind of poking through particularly the very first poem that Monica reads or, you know, presents, uh, is kind of unsettling. I mean, it particularly like with any of these poems, if you like look back on them after getting to know like the secrets of the game, um, all of them say something about the characters that, that you may not have known at the time when reading the poem and probably couldn't have known, but like the Monica's first poem is not maybe a particularly good poem, but does have some kind of creepy or unsettling imagery. Like the last lines of it, it's all about um, looking out through a hole in a wall and then when what she sees uh, blinds her and scorches her retinas. And then the last lines are, um, I realize now that I wasn't looking in. I was looking out. And he on the other side was looking in, um, which, you know, was 
kind of creepy and it, it seems at odds with what you understand Monica's personality to be like you, you're expecting Monica to present some very like basic, but you know, accomplished. Uh, I mean, she basic, she is basic, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not cool. Laura, come on. This is a, you know, a person with her, uh, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't continue that. <laughs> I, I thought actually my very favorite poem in the whole game, just you know, not from like a story standpoint, but just from like, okay, I like that poem. That was pretty good. Was Natsuki's very first poem. You can tell she's feeling like it's a little so good. surly. It I'm just going to read it because it's so short. It's called Eagles Can Fly. Monkeys can climb. Crickets can leap. Horses can race. Owls can seek. Cheetahs can run. Eagles can fly. People can try, but that's about it. <laughs> like okay i it like good. that yeah like yeah. and uh and i mean all of their poems were were like at least interesting to read like i looked forward to these scenes and i mean i had to look forward to them sometimes for a while because once you do that there's a lot of dialogue these scenes kind of there is a little long for me um i mean you know obviously they're lulling you into this false sense of security they're letting you get to know these characters it all serves a purpose but my opinion is that this beginning section of the game had too much dialogue it was a little long agreed there's a lot of scenes with you and sayori and sayori being like boy is she clumsy and Mm -hmm. isn't she weird and like oh we boy do we need each other planning the like literature festival and yeah deciding to spend time with one of them or the other when you're planning the festival and etc yeah yeah oh she bumped her head what a klutz yeah oh no i accidentally touched her boobs (laughs) oh no oh no how dare i accidentally touch boobs um, yeah, and then it kind of turns into a while where it's like, I know what's best for you, my friend. And I was like, oh, character, you do not know what's best for this girl. Where's the call an adult button? <laughs> yeah, right? There was, there was so no many times where I'm like, button. man, oh. this protagonist is obnoxious. Like, ah, oh, I am the wise one and you are all stupid girls. And I will, I like, it is up to me to save this situation. Like, there's so many times where he's like, clearly they don't know what to do. So I'll be the one to step in and save the moment. And it's just like, ugh. You are um, you are as obnoxious obnoxious as anyone else in this uh, in this game. But again, I think it's purposeful. But yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. So where does this really place. like in this first sort of playthrough? Where does where does the where does the darkness begin to sort of th- show through for you guys? I mean, there's talk of foreboding. I mean, Yuri's definitely into some weird stuff, and there is a line I screenshotted pretty early where they said, like, stagnating air is common foreshadowing that something terrible is about to happen. Uh, and that is around the time that um, uh, your the friend you're closest to is um, disappeared. She's gone home early. Anyone going home early in a game is sign of something bad happening. Um, I think there's... You know, you get this little bit of sense of foreshadowing and foreboding from the poems getting darker, especially mm. the second one um, from uh, Sayori where she's talking about the bottles, mm. like bottling her yeah. emotions and her friends come over and then there's no happy ones left because all the bro- bottles are broken and her friends abandon her. Yeah. Well, that's the first one that isn't like, I'm so happy about breakfast. And that's when yeah. the whole game, that's when the whole game starts to turn really. And it's when you start... It, 
it's an inverse like sort of scale with how much you start connecting with another character because mm-hmm. the game's like you can't it, it kind of forces you to to sort of pursue one of the other three girls but really one of the other two either Natsuki or Yuri yeah as far as at least in my playthrough it kind of forces you to date or like a to attempt to pursue one of those two and as you get closer and closer with those two it's the Sayori relationship starts to dwindle and that's when everything starts to like get a little bit darker and and when you start to learn the truth about Sayori yeah um it's a pretty uh it's a pretty smooth transition like even if you try to be like no I want to date Sayori they kind of push you into forcing to kind of connect with one of the other girls um, which drives the narrative forward. At least that was my experience. Yeah. I don't know if maybe there was. I, I think you're right. Other... I, I mean, I, I, I think you really. It does feel like most dating sims do have this sort of you know middle of the game where you then uh, need to start focusing on a particular girl, and it does sort of feel like you have the option of any of them except Monica, who's still this sort of unapproachable ideal or something. I guess. Um, I was focusing a little bit on um, Yuri just because, you know, she goth. Um, And (laughs) so I got the same experience that you did that, you know, Sayori uh, was clearly starting to be like she she had that sort of like brave face of like, oh, I'm so happy that you're making friends with my friends. But it was clear that she was upset. And I mean, I don't think we can beat around the bush much further. Like the game uh it, it it all sort of leads up to uh Sayori suddenly uh committing suicide. It's been telegraphed. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say but... I wouldn't necessarily say suddenly. I mean, she openly admits to dealing with depression. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um but but also I I actually like kind of again, I knew nothing about this game, but I actually tr- like kind of tried to like date Sayori for the most part and it's mm-hmm. still like pushed me into like connecting with one of the other girls. And that's where I ended up with kind of going more towards Yuri. So it seemed to me that I got kind of pushed into either Yuri or Natsuki to drive the, um, to drive the sort of plot of Sayori becoming upset about, you know, uh, you dating someone else. Yeah. I Um, I think I actually got to give the game a little bit of credit for, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not like a, uh, a subject matter expert or anything, but I thought that it's particularly when it was just first starting to introduce Sayori's depression, I thought it was actually like a pretty good description of depression mm-hmm. um, and, uh, a, you know, a depiction that really made me feel for Sayori. You know, she's feeling like she uh, um, like she can't connect with her friends like her. Um, you know, she's I, I I can't, I don't know if I can really describe it, but like it did, I thought what I, I thought it gave a pretty good depiction of depression that I felt was at least uh, felt more real than most of the sort of tropey stuff in the game. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I think it gets harder to talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where I think our experiences and, and, and every individual player's experience sort of comes in and becomes their own, um, focus on this game but i do think that they did a really good job of the sort of expression of her depression i i still didn't really care for the main characters like 
way of handling it, but I thought that they did a good job of of treating Sayori's depression and how she felt about it. Yeah. I and thought it was very good. It, it also, like, I kind of like that it, it um, that it, it never becomes about, like, okay, how do I fix Sayori? Like, it's not a game about trying to, like, you can try to save Sayori. Like, you, your choices basically are, um, I think Sayori's depression is partly involved with her, like, thinking she's in love with you, the main character. And so you can choose to date her, but then uh, no matter what you choose, you you can choose to date her or spend time with her, but then I think she feels that she's like um, monopolizing you and making you miserable um, and, you know, ruining what you have with the other characters, or you can spend time with the other characters and she feels abandoned. Um, so either way, uh, ultimately it leads to her, uh, hanging herself in her bedroom and the scene where you discover her hanging in in her bedroom is pretty horrifying i mean the the illustration is like it's a bit of a surprise that the illustration is really grim you know it's not dragons as I was thinking, <laughs> I really want to know where that was coming from for you, Nate. <laughs> but you're I, right. uh, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought, like, I wasn't sure if this was going to go with like. A, I don't know why I wasn't expecting this because it is such like it is a horror movie image that you see at the hanging. But I was like, oh, she probably overdosed, and you have to like resuscitate her. And I was like, nope, of course not. This is a horror yeah. game. You're an idiot. Um, but yeah. I guess what uh, what I like about it is that it is a very <laughs> final thing, like. Um, when you see her and she's like hanging there dead, the game starts to glitch out a little bit. Uh, the, the, the main character is freaking out. The, the like narrative text is becoming like more and more like unhinged. And it, it illustrates that by showing like little glitches in the game graphics. Um, you know, he's thinking about like what he could have done to, uh, to fix it. But when you go to try to load back, you can't. I think this is the first time that it starts screwing with your ability to use the saving system, which is like a really interesting kind of fourth wall break. Yeah, I, I love to see um, this sort of screwing with your save system. You know, the first time I saw it was uh, Undertale and they did it to uh, to great success. Yeah, um, you know, it's a funny and- thing, like of all the games that I've played, the one thing that this reminds me of most is Undertale, which is such a weird thing because they have like practically nothing in common. But the fourth wall breaking dating. stuff. Oh, and the dating, yeah. the fourth wall breaking, <laughs> the dating, the using the game features like saves as part of the narrative. Um, all mm-hmm. that stuff like has that in common. And uh, one more thing it has in common tons and tons of people writing to us on Twitter telling us to play the game. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Um, Yeah. The, um, it was a very like intense moment when you see the scene with Sayori hanging. I I was sitting on the couch playing and um, Molly was in the other room and I just was like, Welp found the disturbing shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because up I, until that point, like it was, a, it was a decline to that, but it's still just like a kind of silly dating game, right? And then there you go, and it's like they play it to full effect. It's but vibrating. I think right, and, right and here strange. is like where the game really sort of shows its hand in terms of like what is the cool thing that this game is doing that you don't see in other stuff, and. It's it's this thing it does with the saves. I mean, not specifically that, but like that is one way that this game is breaking the fourth wall and playing with its video game nature um, 
uh, you know, making making the video gaminess of the game a central part of how it tells its story. Um, this thing where it like, you know, it, it's, it restricts your access to your previous save games because this is an irreversible act and it cannot be undone. That's great. And then you can reload the game. You can start a brand new game and Sayori is gone. She's dead. She's not back. Um, but she's not dead, dead. She was never there. The, the title screen has where she would have been on the title screen is this weird glitched out image that's like made up of tiny sprite pieces of all of the other characters. And uh, all the other and when you when you jump into the game, it's as if she was never there. And kind of, though, it's funny. It, it's actually it's interesting because it has the first dialogue like the girl who lives down the street comes running wildly at me. It's the same opening dialogue. Then he goes like, rip, rip. And it like glitches out and yeah. then that scene's done and you're in the school and it, and it like, it, it basically like erases her from that original scene. Yeah. So it's not that she wasn't even there from the beginning. She's kind of there, but then it pulls it back and it's no way. No, hold on. She's not here. And this becomes and like a huge over. kind of like, I guess theme of the game or like um, thing that it plays with a lot is this idea that like these characters have been ripped out of the game and they've left this kind of, you know, Sayori shaped hole literally like in the game, in the code. Um, I mean, something that like, this is a bit of like a nerdery here, but like th this game is built on a uh, system called RenPy, which is a uh, bad uh, pun. Uh, uh, but it's, uh, it's, I, as I understand it, it's like a Python scripting based visual novel game engine. Um, I know about this because I've played other games that have used this, but we're not talking about those. Um, but like this felt very, and I'll also give this game total credit for being like the most polished thing I've seen built on that system. Like absolutely bar none. I mean, you know, not like I have a ton of experience, <clears throat> but anyway, um, it, this being like a Python script based thing, like it's a, uh, th these games are essentially a big folder full of, uh, Python scripts, graphic files, and some other associated stuff running kind of within a little, uh, little shell. And the first thing that happened when this, when the, the first thing that I thought about when this happened was like, they, they just deleted some files from the, from the game. Like it, it really mm -hmm. kind of reads like this is a corrupted game. Very carefully done. Like this is, this is, I think, like there's lots of little ways that it, it tells you that something has gone wrong with your game files. Sounds play too fast or too slow. Graphics are too large or too small. They look wrong. They are inverted. They're missing chunks. Uh, text shows up with this weird, uh, weird font that looks like the, uh, the font weight is wrong or the font files have been corrupted. Tons of little stuff is suddenly going wrong in this game because of the absence of Sayori. Um, and it, it, it does a really good job of sort of selling you that, like, these are glitches. This is not, like, uh, horror movie stuff. This is, like, this game is breaking. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because, like, I love how they have, make you have the same conversations but in different context. Mm. So, like, instead of it being Sayori who's, like, pitching joining the uh, literature club to you, it's mm -hmm. Monica – but like you're saying the same things, but now it's Monica who is saying the sort of Sayori's stuff. To, lines, yeah. Yeah, to get mm -hmm. you to come to literature club and 
Yeah, it's it's really well handled, and I love the visual cues that the game is not over. Like, so you 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 encounter you know Sayori uh, having hung herself or hanged herself, and it goes back to the title screen. But like, yeah, it's like the the button that says "New Game" is just like totally screwed up, right? So you know, like, I need to keep going. Mm -hmm. This isn't just. It's not done. Like there's something new about this, and and just the sort of refresh of it is really handled well. And there's no uh, there's no tutorialization. Of that's it. a it's really like, that's a really good point. I, I'm yeah. going to compare this to a game that it is nothing like, except in this very small way. But um, my game of the year this year was uh, Near Automata, which is a phenomenal game. And the one thing that it shares with this is that it is a game that is designed to be played through multiple times. But each time that you play through it, it's an utterly different experience. And at the end of the first playthrough of Near Automata, it comes to an end that is very like this is the end of the game. You know, it, it could easily be the end of the game and the way, and like it returns you to the title screen. And I am positive that if they hadn't added a, a literal text note telling you to play it again, that many people would have said, okay, I'm done with near automata, put it, you know, taking the disc out of their PlayStation and they would have been done. But the, de- the publisher, not even the developer put a note at the end of the game that says something <laughs> like, um, <laughs> This is not the end of the game. This game is intended to be played through multiple times. Each playthrough is a unique experience. We hope you'll continue playing and discover all there is to see in Near Automata or something like that. And, um, you know, signed uh, uh, Platinum Games and Square Enix or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, like, this is such a much cleaner and more, I mean, they're doing totally different things, but, like, this is a much better way of, like, telling you, like, and hey, now the real game begins. Keep going. Because first of all, it's yeah. almost a cliffhanger. But then, yeah, the title screen being all corrupted and the new game being new game uh, uh, text being messed up and everything. That was great. Cool, cool moment in the game. We've seen a lot of uh, faux glitching in games. I don't want to even mention the list because some people who haven't played those will think they're spoilers. But I can think of at least four or five games you played for short game alone that mm-hmm. have faux glitching as part of the game. This one is one of the more integral to the stories. Yeah. Like this and Pony Island are the two that like, I was thinking Pony Island. It's yeah. part of well. the story. And I don't think yeah. there's spoilers if you're past spoiler break. It's, it's integral. Pony Island's on the second screen of the game. And I'm, I'm going to say something that might theoretically a spoil a little something for a particular game that I 100% recommend. I think this game would have done more for me and been more surprising and interesting to me if I hadn't already played Undertale. Yeah, I was going to mention that, but I wasn't sure if that was Yeah, I don't want, I'm sorry, sorry to anybody who, and I won't say any specifics about Undertale other than that it's a phenomenal game that does also use its gaminess uh, in in very interesting ways. Um, they're, they're doing very different things, but like that, I, I, I just, it, it's you know, sort of a magic trick that once you've, once you've seen it done, it's still impressive in its execution, but it's less surprising. Um this game is, you know, it, it's a different magician doing the same trick that Undertale did towards the end. And Undertale had a lot more going for it than just that trick, too. This one is really playing on that trick. So I think 
while I don't, while I still think this game is really cool, um, and I, I love the way that it executes this, I, I it's essentially like, uh, it's all of the value of this game is sort of in its unveiling of its, you know, the little magic trick of, oh, and you thought you were playing a video game, but in fact, this video game is aware that it's a video game and it's it and is the, playing you. It's playing you. You're <laughs> being played. Uh, that, um, like this game, all it entirely rests on that. Whereas, like, Undertale had that concept in it, and yet it also had a ton of other stuff that I loved. Um, so I, I think if, if this game might have been, might, might have been like might have hit a little less strong for me because of that. Yeah, I, I think that's a a good point. The the um the impact of it is less because you've seen it before, but I do think that they were trying to accomplish different emotional ways. That's very true. Yeah. You know, and, and while it uses a similar trick about like the gaminess of it, I do think playing off of the the tropes of like dating Sims and what you're expecting from it. And also the fact that like the first two hours of the game or however long it takes you is like a straight up and down, you know, gaming Sim uh, is a, is a unique experience. So I, I would, it feels a little to a little like shorting it to say, like if you've played undertale, then you've, yeah, don't skip this, but it's all, you know, it's also a very much shorter experience and it's got an entirely different emotional impact. Yeah, it, it's it's different other than its mechanic and that one mechanic. I am not a dating sim person we've established and I ha- don't play a ton of horror games. So mm-hmm. with those caveats in mind, I really was wondering kind of to what end, what's the what is this game going at? If it's if it's pure scare, it works. Mm-hmm. But is there a deeper message? I don't I know. kind of don't no, or think so. I don't I, think it matters, but I just am curious just because a lot of games that go meta have an extra like, and this is the moral of the stories, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's totally fine if it's just to scare the pants off you because that's great. I just don't know if that's true. Yeah, when we got to this point in the game, like right after Sayori's suicide, I really thought like, okay, this game has a message and it's a message about mental health and suicide. And I was like, Wow, it's actually doing a pretty good job at that, and it's um, like it's doing it through horror, which is you know interesting. But like I, I thought it did a pretty good job uh, discussing Sayori's mental health, and I thought, okay, this is a game about mental health, and it's not like the, it, it, once Sayori is sort of quote unquote out of the picture, um, she, the. The game, the game is about other things, and what it what it seems to be mostly about. What what I thought was really fascinating about it is that it it is mostly a game about Monica, um, or that everyone has mental illness. Well, I suppose so. Yeah, like that might be it. But yeah, mm-hmm. it is about Monica. Yeah, because well, Monica ends up being the megalomaniac psychopath yeah puppet master i mean we should probably talk about the other mm-hmm. endings that happen before we reach monica's ending but they're they're yes. both sort of like just scary things that happen on the way to the true and or i guess not i don't know if the true ending is like a term of art in these sorts of games i'm not sure if this is the quote-unquote true ending but like monica's ending so before you get to the sort of final ending with monica um there are some distressing things that happen with the other characters the most memorable for me is uh well it's it's obvious that the that all of the girls are in the absence of Sayori 
with the game seeming to glitch, they are getting less and less um, well, you know? Sane. Yes. Things are going wrong with all of them. And you've actually, by this point, learned a lot about their home lives, and all of them have some things that are a little bit distressing in their lives. Um, uh, Natsuki... uh, she has, I guess, abusive father, something like that, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't, I don't remember. A relative of some yeah. sort. Yeah. And, um, and um, uh, Yuri uh, – well, it, it, Yuri has always been a bit of a goth, right? But, like, her, her like, dark streak seems to be getting stronger and stronger. And if you're – as you're playing through the game – uh, sort of a second time, uh, you're having to make a lot of the same choices. Like, do I spend time with Yuri? Do I, uh, do I read manga with Natsuki? Like, uh, but they become more unhinged and dark stuff starts happening. The, the, the most disturbing for me was that, uh, there's a, a scene where, uh, Natsuki, no, I'm sorry, Yuri, uh, stabs herself to death with a knife. She asks you to like stay late in the club room and, uh, she, is distressed about, I don't remember what, uh, and just, she's getting all these heart palpitations whenever she hangs out with you. Yeah. Yeah. And Monica even is like, you shouldn't hang out with her. She's crazy and unhinged. Yeah. And and then the game makes you hang out with her anyway. Um, yeah. And, and she's so in love with you that she stabs herself to death with a knife and then falls dead on the floor of the club room in a very graphic image. And then the game apparently continues to glitch out such that you can't leave. And so there's this incredibly long shot of her corpse slowly beginning to decompose over the course of like a long weekend. And the the player character just – it doesn't give you any choice. It just – you just sit there. And I think you're like clicking through like like – it's not even like text. I think it's like dots or something. Like you're clicking through nothing or something. So like you have to interact with the screen. So you can't yeah. just like put it on and wander off and make tea and come back. That's not a joke for people who play the game. Like, <laughs> I did try to go make tea and be like, maybe the timer will run out. And I was like, nope, I was supposed nope. to advance the whole you, time. Like, the game enforces looking. that you yeah. have to stare at this corpse for like several minutes, which makes up an entire like day and night cycle twice in the game the 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 sun rises and sets outside the club room window and uh and Yuri's body begins to not like I mean, we're talking about one weekend it's not like falling apart but you can see that it's you know getting gross it that was really distressing and there's a there's a similar like more glitchy but distressing thing that happens with uh with Natsuki um anyway long story short the game gets really glitchy and really distressing and really graphic. And uh, all of this kind of leads up to, I guess, what would be the sort of final end of the game uh, with Monica. Yeah, she shows up and she's like, oops, sorry about that. And then I'm going to delete these problematic characters. And she just deletes the character files and then sits and talks to you for a really long time. Yeah, actually. Um, She knows she's a character. She. I don't, yeah, I don't want to gloss oh. over that. Like th- this is, yeah. th- this is one of the coolest things that the game asks you to do something that's in a way, even cooler than anything that like other fourth wall breaking games that I've played have ever asked me to do in, in, in this game. Like Monica knows that she is a character in the game. She wants your affections and attention and she wants the other characters out of the picture. Because she is, she's playing the game. Like, right. She is 
established her prime directive and that is to date you and that's all she wants <laughs> and she will take out like she deletes everyone else in the game like no she, she doesn't delete them she insists that you delete you them. delete them. that's Correct. the coolest damn thing like yes. she she tell uh, she tells you 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 have to delete them and you have to exit the game go and i'm on a mac i'm assuming that the process is similar but slightly different on a windows pc you have to go find the game executable so wherever steam installed it or wherever in my case the itch.io uh installer application uh installed it you have to right click on that game file and choose show package contents and dig into the dot app bundle of the game Find in the resources folder a folder called characters, and inside that folder, there is a character file for every character in the game. Monica.char, uh, you know, uh, Yuki.char, etc. And she she will not, like, let you continue until you go delete them. You have to delete yeah. those other characters. And then when you go back into the game, she's like, ah, now it can be just the two of us forever. And you're sort of floating in this, the club room has become this kind of void in space. And this scene that plays out after that is like kind of cool, but sort of haunting. Like they wrote a lot of dialogue for you to sit there and have very slowly with Monica. Monica's like, now we get to be here together forever. And so she'll tell you about herself she, if you click through, there's quite a lot of dialogue to read here. If you want to take the time to read it, she'll tell you, oh, you know, lots of little details about the game that you'd played through. Like, for example, that she was responsible for the other characters going insane because she was trying to, uh, she was trying to get rid of them by making tweaks to their uh, scripts in the game code. Uh, she was trying to, um, you know, she made uh, Sayori depressed by basically writing it into her code in order to try to get her away from you. Um, she tried to get rid of the other girls in other various ways. Things like the, uh, like um, uh, Yuri's uh, suicide were side effects of like uh, them having to operate with bad code. You know, uh, Monica is an amateur coder. She's, she's not so good with Renpy. And so she was trying just to get rid of them, but she ended up driving them all insane. Um, and then in the end, just deciding it was better to completely remove them from the game, um, which is a cool, like, that's a cool ending twist. I, I thought, like, I was on board for a game about mental illness. Making that mental illness be the consequence of somebody messing with the game code kind of diminishes that aspect of it a little bit. Um so, like, I felt a little bit less than cool about that side of things, but it's a cool, it's a cool twist. I, I thought it was, and that, that whole conversation is really worth playing through. Very early in that conversation, for the impatient, um, Monica will almost straight up tell you what you need to do in order to escape that endless ending. You know, you can quit the game during that conversation with Monica, and when you boot it up, no, no start screen goes straight to the room with Monica. And Monica will say, what just happened? You know, did you, did you quit the game? Never do that. When you do that, I get lost in this horrible void and I'm never sure if it's going to end or not. And it's like, hell, never quit the game again. And, you know, of course you can do that and you do the come back and she's like, why are you doing that? I thought we wanted to be here together, happy forever. Like that whole scene with Monica at the end is straight up good, creepy shit. Yeah. Um, 
and she will pretty much straight up tell you pretty early in that conversation, but there's plenty more to read if you want to, if you want to sit in the void with Monica, that the only way to get rid of her is to delete her character file. Um, and so of course, you know, you've already done that for the other characters. You now know that you can, she'll tell you whatever you do, don't do that. Of course, that means you should do that. Um, of course. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty darn cool game. Like that stuff was cool. Like, uh, the whole ending with Monica was very cool. I don't know what it was trying to say. Um, like I thought I knew it was trying to say, but then no, it wasn't saying what I thought it was trying to say about mental illness. So maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the point of all this was, but it's, it's certainly cool and creepy. It, it may be simplifying it, but maybe that is the point, you know, it's just meant to be weird and creepy. Um, I do think it's trying to touch on a lot of these things. And at the end of the day, give you a general uneasiness. You know, um, and I think that's fine. I don't think it has to have a big, a big message, but it's made you feel a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, successful. So, and I guess like if we're talking about the, the like final end end, um, like if you do delete Monica and you probably should, cause you know, she's a kind of a crazy monster, um, although a slightly understandable one. Uh, she uh, finally confesses as as she's sort of disappearing from the game that she didn't actually delete the other characters. She couldn't bring herself to completely delete them. Um, she just removed them from the game. And so sort of as her like final, I guess, dying act, she restores them. And if you start the game back up, um, you get like a little bit of a final scene, I think. And then the credits roll. I don't remember exactly what happened bef- between that point and the credits, mm. but the credits of this game were pretty memorable. Um, I wonder what happens if you delete Monica, which tells you to delete the other girls. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I did read. Uh, there's a lot of. I'm appara- sure someone's tried it. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like something that I. I, I I'm was sure like, somebody's tried. I might have done that's it a if great I had question. If yeah. I wasn't playing it for the game for the show, like that's something I would yeah. totally do. I'd been like, you told me to delete the other girls, but you deserve to be deleted. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know exactly. I, I do know that like I, I read on, on, on a, I think it was on the steam forum or something that like you can, obviously like you can go into those files and delete those character files at literally any point. Um, it does have endings for almost every variation on that. For example, you can delete Monica before you ever boot up the game and it starts up the game without her. And Sayori is the president of the literature club. And I think there's some sort of like quick, like scary ending that it does um, based on that. So there's, there's a lot of little variations on these endings that you can get if you delete those character files at different points. Um, I, I guess, you know, if that's the kind of thing you're super interested in, uh, go read a wiki. Uh, I watched a quick video on YouTube that caught me up on a couple of endings that I didn't uh, didn't have the time to go for or didn't, you know, crack the code on how to get. Um, something else just on that on that point on that note is that there if you open up those character files, uh, they look like just sort of random code, but uh, there's sort of an ARG element to this. Folks have decoded those character files and, um, you know, if they're, they're all in like base 64 something or other or something, they're, they're, you can Google it and, and, you know, other folks have done the hard work for you. Uh, but those character files have things like, um, 
creepy images in them or poems. They all kind of represent something about the character. They're not actually related to the game code, of course. They're just something that's there in the bundle because, um, you know, no, they don't want to be crashing your Mac. But it is kind of neat that, that there's sort of something with those files if you care to, like, dig through the code. Yeah, that's interesting. I was sitting here thinking, like, there's no way those files are actually what the game is looking at. They're just like, if they're there, then this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do like that they went in and, like, at least made them still worthwhile if you actually uh, looked at them. I uh, I really kind of liked the ending song. Uh, the, the game actually has, like, a, like uh, it has a good soundtrack. Like, I really like the song uh, that it plays throughout the game. It's like a cute little bouncy, feels like very much like a, yeah. like a you know, anime background music kind of song. Um, and the, uh, the ending theme is, you know, Monica ha- has, uh, mentioned several times throughout the, the game that she uh, plays piano and the ending theme is Monica playing the song of the game, but with lyrics, she sings along to it. And it's actually a kind of a sweet little song that kind of relates to the story of the game. You know, Monica's sort of final act is, uh, is that she's, you know, it, though she's being deleted, she brings back the other characters because, you know, she's kind of, I guess, like a final act of, of like humanity or something. Um, and the, uh, the, the song she sings is kind of like uh, about giving up, uh, giving up someone that, that, that she wants to be with because it, they'll be more happy without her, um, which is like, you know, it, it kind of plays to the character. And it's a cute song. And it's nice to hear, like, suddenly the song that you've been hearing it's been stuck in my head for a while. The throughout the game uh, has these lyrics that uh, that is sung to you by Monica. It was a, kind of a good ending. I don't know. I, I thought that that worked for me. I don't know what the I had. I don't know how much intelligent stuff I have to say about this game. This is a like I don't know what the point of this game was other than to to be creepy. I know it feels like there's there's stuff here that like theme stuff that I'm not quite putting my hand on, but I don't know. But it's. Um, it, it worked for me on that level. It's it's uh, it's cute, and then it's horrifying, and then it's I guess cute again. It's definitely worth playing. <laughs> I think that might be uh, the the elevator pitch for everyone. It's cute. It's horrifying. It's cute. It's worth playing. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I would call this cute. In stop, like I think that it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think like when you're like, oh, that girl's so cute. I think I want to sit next to her decomposing body for two days. No, like, I don't that's think not cute. You get to call the game cute anymore. <laughs> like I think it revoked its cute privileges like 45 minutes in. Um. <laughs> okay, very very valid argument there, Laura. Um, I, I think the uh, the like. I, the, the aesthetic probably works more for me than I would like it to and more for me than I would like to admit. Um, Aw, <laughs> I know. Uh, and I uh, I thought that, like, the, the closing song was cute. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I, it's it's definitely a distressing, disturbing there, – there's something kind of kind of great about clashing super cute moe imagery with – horror and nastiness that just heightens them both in a way for me. So, you know, I I think that's part of the point, right? I mean, that's what this game was trying to do was to take this 
genre that was, um, it was all about like cute and like, I'm going to exploit, you know, women and dating and all that. And they're like, let's take that and let's make it about literature. And then also, uh, death and, <laughs> you know, and just, dis- and destruction and depression and, and, and circum, um, I mean, even with psychological horror, like I really did think this was going to be like smoke monsters confronting your worst nightmares. Like I thought it was going to be the more until dawn ish, like a little more classic Japanese horror. Like, yeah. Hiroshima themed like monsters coming out of things. Yeah, like, where, I was where's not the, the dark haired um, girl crawling out of the well at the back of the classroom? Right, like yeah, this was much more like dark teen girl shit. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Dragons. part of that I think is that this is horror through American horror lens, and also I think through a, uh, I, I'd say that the the brand of horror that this is is more like the um, copy pasta online you know, very modern style of horror than like your traditional Japanese horror or even like traditional American horror movie style horror. This is the like, you know, this is the horror of, you know, reading a message board post about somebody who bought a copy of Pokemon and uh, it was haunted. It was a haunted copy of Pokemon. Like, that's a thing I read online once. Um, th- that's like, there's, this is a this is this is a game that kind of delivers on that like message board rumor kind of idea of I played this game and hey something creepy that I wasn't expecting hap- expected happened in the game you know this game there's something wrong with this game you know this is horror via 4chan you know and then looped back into a game like it's it's this sort of like um very extremely online horror you know what i mean (laughs) yeah the current like the type of it's expected but it's still unexpected yeah sort of thing like you know the 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 ground that it's treading on but it still presents itself in sort of in in a unique way so uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode as we struggled to discuss this game. And thank you so much to the listeners who suggested it. Um, I probably would not have been able to convince my co-hosts to try this game without so many of our listeners writing us on Twitter and through our uh, through our contact form on our website, uh, specifically requesting that we we play and talk about this game. Um, you know, I'll try anything, but like convincing my co-hosts to play a uh, dating sim with Moe anime girls, I guarantee you, not an easy feat. Uh, <laughs> So this is maybe like nine or number nine or number ten on Reagan's like Moe dating sims that he's recommended. Oh, to that's us. not true. And it's <laughs> <laughs> no. I am here for the slander. <laughs> yeah, uh, but thank you guys so much for recommending this game. Uh, and if you have other games that you think that we ought to try, no matter how odd or or spooky. Or anime, they are. Just write us and let us know. Uh, you can go to www.theshortgame.net where we've got a contact form. That's probably the best way to get in touch with us. Or you can go to Twitter and find us on Twitter at underscore shortgame. Also, of course, you can leave us iTunes reviews. We always really appreciate those. If you liked the show, the best and only way to support the show, apart from moral support, 
uh, which we of course appreciate. But the most direct way that you can support the show is just go leave us an iTunes review and also tell a friend about the show. Uh, we love uh, to hear that uh, folks were referred to the show by a friend. That seems to be the main way. You know, word of mouth is the way that people find out about this show, and we really appreciate that. So if you know somebody who you think might like the show, please do tell them. Um, I've been Reagan Kelly, and you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. Uh, Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Nate, where can people find you? At Nate STL. And I just want to say I, it's been fun <laughs> to make fun of Reagan this whole episode. Uh, but, you know, if this is your genre, if you're into dating, I, it's fine. I'm just, I like to make fun of Reagan. And so if I get it, see an opportunity, him and his uh, Freedom Planet t-shirt that he's wearing currently i seize the opportunity but it's a fine genre so uh <laughs> thank you nate i uh, i've made it i've made it i wanted to get that in there at the end all right um, now that all of our uh, our our uh, listeners have uh, quit I- listening in disgust <laughs> you sneak that in at the end for the folks still hanging yeah. on thank you nate yeah and thank you <laughs> listeners for joining us on this episode of the short game